This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. Welcome to World Cafe. Hey, it's Kaleo. Today, we're going on a ride in a time machine. Back to the 1950s and 60s era of popular music, you'd hear Orbison, Sinatra, and Presley on the radio. And get this, our operator is only 21 years old. Steven Sanchez became a sensation thanks to a song out of time going viral called Until I Found You. But Sanchez wasn't chasing a trend. He was playing the style of music he fell in love with as a child. His debut album, Angel Face, is imagined in a world over 60 years ago and tells the story of a fictitious troubadour who falls for a mob boss's girlfriend. Stephen joins me today to talk about how a questionable purchase massively changed his trajectory and why his music resonates not just with Zoomers, but boomers too. First, from the album Angel Face, it's Stephen Sanchez with Evangeline. Baby, give it all. I give it all just to make you mine And if you need a minute Honey, I'll give you all my time All the time Do you need the Sandman? Or a phone call to Mr. Jones? Oh, I put you Steven Sanchez. The song is Evangeline. It's from his debut album, Angel Face. The Nashville artist recently passed over 1.5 billion streams on Spotify for his breakout smash, Until I Found You. And Steven Sanchez is my guest in studio. I'm Kaleo. It's the World Cafe. Hello. So How's nice going? to meet dude. How are you doing? Great to meet you. I'm, I'm doing really well. Evangeline, the song we just heard, is a character yeah. That plays a part in this big concept on Angel Face. Can you tell me a little bit about what you wanted to do with this record? You know, for me, 50s and 60s music has been such a impactful, you know, genre, you know, place in time where music was just so innocent and beautiful and meant something outside of just, you know, one's personal struggle, but they were trying to unite people through universal struggles. And I, I, I just really, really loved that music, you know? And then I think the story that came from that was just born out of that love for that music. And, and everything was just born out of this really deep place of respect and passion over it. And, and that's, that's cool. So there was never like an effort to like write a story or characters. It just kind of happened that way. I yeah. think you can tell, I mean, it is such a love letter in its authenticity to that era and sound of music. Yeah. Um, there's a character I've read about called the Sanchez Troubadour. Yep. Who is he in yes. relation to this album? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so so the Troubadour is a, a famed crooner who gains notoriety back in the late 50s after playing Until I Found You on the Conoco Show. And following that performance, the group 
Stephen Sanchez and the Mooncrests mm-hmm. launched into stardom, you know, through the early 60s until, you know, as many artists back in the day who had an extension of themselves, you know, for Elvis back in the day, it was Elvis and the Blue Moon Boys. Yeah. For James Brown, it was James Brown and his famous flames, you know, Dion and the Belmonts. That's kind of the story we're telling is this massive trajectory into fame for this fictional artist who ends up being dubbed the Troubadour Sanchez, you know, in into the 60s where he then lands residency shows at this famed club called The Angel in Los Angeles, which yeah. is owned by a mob boss named Hunter, you know, and so it brings in those 60s, you know, crime family kind of elements and... uh Upon arriving to that club, you know, the troubadour meets Hunter's girlfriend, Evangeline. Trouble. And those two spark up a secret romance because, you know, for the troubadour, he wants to escape the fortune and the fame. You know, at heart, he wants love and he wants to, you know, live his life chasing that. And it results in a, well, a tragic end, you know. I don't want to give away the ending, but I mean, that must have been so much fun to build this backstory and this world. Like, oh, yeah. Were there any cultural touchstones that you were thinking at, you know, like not like Goodfellas or something? Were there classic movies that you'd watch and you're like, I want to build out a world like that? Sure. I mean, there was definitely elements more so from a song, actually, um, that Marty Robbins wrote called El Paso. Okay. And uh, it sings about, you know, these gunslingers who get into a gunfight over f- this dancer named Felita that they both love. And, and one of the gunfighters kills the other and it results in him having to flee the area. And, um, when he comes back, the lawmen gun him down and Felita kisses him goodbye. And I just love this concept of just like, you know, Oh, this, this, this love that kind of drives you mad and drives you into this space of, choosing purposefully to be naive and like thoughtless because you just want something so bad that you're like willing to deny the truth of a reality in order to, you know, cater to the one that you are living in, you know? And, uh, I love that. Cause I feel like a lot of the time there's, there are definitely like experiences. I feel like a lot of people have where they feel like, Oh, I'm in this thing and I think it's this way, but maybe it isn't this way, Yeah. but I want it to be so badly this way, you know? And, uh, I don't know. So sure. Goodfellas and, and well, Goodfellas is a poor yeah. one, but you know what I'd love to do? Play a little bit of that song. El Paso. If that's cool. With oh, you. absolutely. Yeah. Take a listen. My love was deep for this Mexican maiden. I was in love, but in vain I could tell. One night a wild young cowboy came in Wild as the West Texas wind Dashing and daring a drink he was sharing With wicked Felina, the girl that I love So in anger I challenged his right For the love of this maiden Down put his hand for the gun that he wore My challenge was answered in less than a heartbeat. The handsome young stranger lay dead on the floor. We're here with Steven Sanchez on World Cafe. Uh, The new album is called Angel Face. Um, There's a lot to talk about. I'd love if it's okay with you to back up a little bit. Sure. Because 
your grandparents had a record collection. Grandparents had a record collection, and which that, is great. that was the hook, huh? That was the hook, yeah. I mean, you know, you go up there as a 10-year-old, and it's kind of like, all right, they've got this large property with barns and a main house, and all you can do, you know, the whole time you're there is explore it. Sure. And so vinyl was something that I stumbled upon and fell in love with, obviously, and uh, which is even cooler for this new record, because the fact that it is a vinyl and I can hold it, and it's like... I mean, it just feels like I'm pulling one it's of those old records. It's a moment, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so cool. Um, it feels really special. So Some of the bands that are name-checked when you talk about this crate digging that you did when you were younger, you know, Frank Sinatra, Roy Orbison, Nat King Cole, the Ink Spots. Now, look, oh, yeah. look I, I, I could see someone going, oh, Frank Sinatra, right? Oh, Nat King Cole. Like, those, song, those groups are still... In the lexicon and the vernacular of musicians today. Yes. But the Ink Spots were like this unheralded group like that just kind of blew my mind that that was something that you were into. How did you, like, what about them got you excited? Oh, man. Uh, I loved his voice. I think a lot of the time, like, artists, you know, it's not really the music or the songwriting or anything. It's sometimes the way things are sang. Oh, yeah. It sounds very, like... Hosier did this great interview, uh, and he and he talked about like a person's voice, like it, like voices can be good or bad, you know, depending on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. But it's just how it hits you. That's like very, oh my god, like that resonates. I connect with this voice, and and that lead singer, you know, it, I mean, once he died, like that band's music changed significantly in a way that was awful. But um, <laughs> the way that he would sing, it was so just desperate and. Mourn, mournful and melancholy and it was and even just his dictation and his phrasings like the way that he would let his voice shake you know when saying like like uh whispering grass like you know and it's just things like that that were inspiring for me growing up you know just I'm like oh my god i love how his voice does that why do you whisper green grass why tell the trees what ain't so? Whispering grass, the trees don't have to know. No, no. Were you taking notes in your head about like this is how I get across desperation and like oh, sort of? Oh yeah, it's whole. I mean, there's a. Uh... You know, during the show, we'll, we'll sing the opening track, something about her, and, and, you know, there's a line in the song that's like, she sits in a smile with eyes looking through, sure. but I'm like, she sits in a smile, and it's like very, like, exaggerated, and it's, but it's just fun. That's what makes that music so fun, is there was so much playfulness to it. Sure. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just a straight shot, like, okay, we're singing. It's like, no, we're like... We are feeling it. We are singing it. Like we're being playful. It's like, honestly, it feels like his vocal is like brushing paint across a canvas kind of thing, and it's going left and right <laughs> and up and down, and he's flicking the brush, and and now there's splatters, and you know now there's blotches, and I just think that's what music should be about, even singing. Uh, you know, outside of just you know the actual production and all that of creativity. Like I think the singing part. I mean, that's what's so special, I think, about that artist specifically. Well, you know? The way you just made that analogy is a perfect way to distinguish the difference between singing and performing. Yes, and absolutely. I, I, I dig it. We're here with Steven Sanchez on World Cafe. Let's get to another song uh, from the album Angel Face. Uh, what should our audience know about Only Girl? 
Wow, only girl. It is a dialogue between the two characters. Actually, it's it's a it's coming from the perspectives of both the troubadour and Hunter, who are undeniably, you know, wanting Evangeline. Yeah. For Hunter, he wants his side piece, trophy woman kind of thing. And for the troubadour, he wants his girl, his love. He wants the the woman that he's gotten to know. Uh, but uh, if you if you line it with the story, obviously, if you take the story out, it's just a straight shot. Please don't be with anybody else. <laughs> please, <laughs> please be with me. Be my only girl. <laughs> Working on two levels. Let's listen yeah. to it. It's uh, Only Girl here on World Cafe and Stephen Sanchez. Sanchez here on World Cafe. That's Only Girl. It's from his debut album, Angel Face, which is out mm-hmm. now. And Steven is my guest on the cafe. Was there a moment in your teenage years before you went out to Nashville where you're like, I should go pursue this. This, There's something here. I believe in this. Sure. I mean, it wasn't really a... It was something I knew I always wanted to do. Music for me. I mean, I grew up in a religious home and... I go to church on Sunday and church for me was less about, you know, when I was going, I wasn't trying to connect with God initially, but I felt connected watching people connect with God, oh, yeah. if you will, like to the music, to like what that was speaking to them. And it was, it was more profound to me growing up you know, seeing that, I was just like, wow, like, I don't know any of these people, but we are sharing a universal feeling of just like, this music's beautiful. It's saying something about our soul that we can connect with and relate to. And it's devastating me. Like, and I'm, I'm just like crying and they're crying. And it's just, that was so beautiful for me when I was growing up. And, and I think, you know, it, it became this itch that just, I never stopped itching of just like, I, I want to write songs that, make people feel that way. I really wanted to do that. And I I just think I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was just, was trying everything. And then it just ended up working out (laughs) somehow, Um, (laughs) which is crazy. I mean, uh, part and parcel of talking to somebody who has 1.5 million or billion spins on Spotify is to talk to you about until I found you. Absolutely. You know, this song was born out of what many would say was a uh, irresponsible decision. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. An irresponsible decision. Tell me what immediately preceded writing this song. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I, I, I made a four pi- poor financial choice, uh, and I bought a guitar and an amp yeah. that I, I couldn't afford. And <laughs> I, I could, but like, it was not smart at the time. It was just like, this could, is but like, shouldn't, shouldn't like I, I shouldn't have done it, but I did. And, you know, I came home with it. I was stoked. I was just like, yes, I got this thing. This is great. 
And I started, you know, playing around with all these 50s covers, you know, Paul Anka and, you know, the the platters. And I was singing those songs. And, uh, you know, at the time I was dating somebody and, uh, you know, I was thinking about them mm-hmm. like while I was singing those little covers. And then playfully, it was just like, man, it would be really cool. It would be really cool if I was an artist back then and like I wrote a song that sounded like a fifties yeah. song. And so I did that. Like, I just like, as a, uh, honestly, as like a bit, like a, as like a bit of a joke, like to just see what it would be like to write one just for fun. And I was like, well, I want to write a love song about this person I'm dating. And so, you know, Georgia, Rabbi, and you know, and, and so on and so forth. And, and then there it was. And it, ex- 15 minutes, something 15 like- minutes. Like it was like verse, the chorus happened and then, you know, I posted it and it just got this crazy reaction. Then they all reached out and were like, we got to <laughs> record this song. And we're like, okay. Yeah. And so we went to the studio, we recorded it. The girl I was dating at the time, she sang on the song. Georgia she, did, yeah. Georgia. And so all the background vocals on that song, you know, that's all her. And and it was out and it didn't do anything. And then we, we broke up and that's okay. And that happens and that's life. But sure. God, and then just that song just exploded. Let's take a listen to it until I found you. It's Steven Sanchez on World Cafe. Georgia, write me up and all I found you. Oh, that, yeah. That is Steven Sanchez. And also the person talking there, that's Steven Sanchez. Hello. <laughs> His new album is called Angel Face. I am Kaleo. This is World Cafe. Um, all right. I'm going to tell you a personal story. Uh, oh, it's a please. fun story. So uh, we're in the radio station right now where we yep. make World Cafe. And upstairs, there's a venue called Amazing. World Cafe Live. <laughs> and about a year and a half ago, uh, I was taking a light, late lunch out of the radio station. It's probably like three o'clock. Yeah. And outside, there's like 30 teenagers and college kids waiting for a show that, mind you, doors aren't going to open for another three hours, right? Sure. So the first thing I do is I walk back inside and look at the marquee and say, who, who, the, who the hell is playing here tonight? And then I saw uh, Steven Sanchez. And I said, who is Steven Sanchez? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, this is kind of one of those, I love discovering an artist because of noticing that gravitational pull yeah. from from people who are oh these people are so excited they're showing up three hours early I want to know mo- I want to know more about this artist um, and I listened to the music and I was like wow this is kind of a head trip because this is not the type of music I would expect kids like teenagers college kids to be into why do you th- do you have an idea in your head why 
there's been such a like wholesale embrace from people who are three generations removed from the inspiration of the music that you're making. God. I know that's a heavy one. Gosh, that is a great question. I'm I'm still trying to figure it out because it's just, I think, I think it's the unicorn of it all. You know, like when I think about when until I found you was playing on AAA, you know, radio stations all across the country, you know, it was, it struck me more what was playing right after. Yeah. Like an Ariana Grande hit (laughs) or, you know, uh, Post Malone's playing after. And I'm like, it would be a trip to be driving around in your car (laughs) and you're bumping, you know, some big pop song from this big pop artist and then this young buck (laughs) random kid plays on right after and it sounds like a song from the 50s yeah that would trip me the hell out (laughs) you know and i i think it's such like a what is what is that like what is that you know that i think i think it's because folks just love that i think it's because the music is good thanks and (laughs) no but and as you said a unicorn thing it's unfamiliar what is this this is something that's good that up until this point i haven't really dived into and so do you find you have fans going down the rabbit hole discovering other bands because of your music and people like i got into elvis or i got into oh oh, yeah i i think it's that i think honest to god i think it's that that there's not a like Think of music as a whole, right? What what are people consuming on TikTok? What are they consuming on radio? Like, it's all new mm-hmm. stuff. It's modern sounds. There's not this... I think also to comment on our generation's ability to, like, discover music, it's unbelievable. Like, I feel like everyone oh, has pros. just... I think everybody has just an unbelievable, like, catalog of artists and songs that they know. But what I think is that, like, 50s and 60s music just isn't, like, a thing anymore at all. It's not popular. It's not, like, being made cool anymore. Like, it's cool for what it is, but it's not, like, prevalent in a generation where modern music is, like, the, like, pop music is the driving force, Taylor Swift, Harry Styles. And so I think when folks hear, like, a record that doesn't sound anything like that, I think it's just cool. We're here with Steven Sanchez. This is World Cafe. Let's close out with a song from the album, Here's Be More. It must be more than I need you. More than I Cafe. 
Steven Sanchez from his debut album, Angel Face, which is out now, the song Be More. Steven, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and best of luck in the future. Thanks, man. See y'all. (laughs) It's Steven Sanchez. We're back in a minute with more World Cafe. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. This message comes from Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like online music and videos, artificial intelligence, electric vehicles, and more. Schwab's research uncovers emerging trends, then their technology curates relevant stocks into over 40 themes to choose from. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Visit schwab.com thematicinvesting thematic investing.